Today we are talking from the subject, what's in your word bank? We all might be familiar with having a bank account. Whether you have one or not, you've heard of having a bank account, having a checking account, having a savings account. And um, for many of us, we have to become a little bit more aware of the health, um, the status of that, you know, account, that bank account, whether or not we deposit enough into it or we withdraw too much from it. And many times we live a life sometimes where we don't pay attention to our bank account until there is a crisis. And so there is a bank account that you have and you have to make sure that you're doing more depositing than you are doing withdrawing, right? And so there's many things you have to consider when it comes to the health of your, you know, your financial bank accounts. When you're looking into your devotional for today, I've kind of breaking those things down and I have for you a spiritual IQ test so that you can kind of ask yourself a few questions when it comes to um, the health account. Right. So look into that. Make sure you take the time to pay attention to that for your devotional. If you don't have one, register. And so I want to talk about what's in your word bank. You've heard me talk about word levels, your word banks. And you have to have a word bank when it comes to the spiritual journey uh, that you're going on. And for many of us, you, you don't really become aware. I'm talking about myself. Listen clearly. You don't become aware of the health of your bank account many times until there is a crisis. And then you begin to pay attention to the status and the health of your account. The same thing kind of happened with me. It was July the 18th of this year, as I've told you all many times, and I want to be very transparent with you all. It was July the 18th I found myself sitting inside of a psychiatrist's office. As strong of an individual as I have considered myself to be, as fluent in the word of God as I consider myself to be, as experienced in ministry and in the word and in this belief system as I consider myself to be. At that time, it was 19 years. Oh, no, at that time, it was just becoming 20 years um, being a minister of the gospel. And I found myself sitting inside of a psychiatrist's office against my will, but I had no other, I felt I had no other option. I told you in the journal, when you look inside of the devotion or the, the manual that I gave you, I was very transparent and vulnerable to share with you one of my journal entries um, that I had in this time of my life where there was 45 days of no sleeping, of weeping every day. I think what had happened was I went to too many doctor's offices uncovered in prayer. I had too many doctor's prognoses and too many doctors' opinions and too many revelations from the physicians about things that were going on in my life. And, you know, whether there was the diabetes or whether there was the high cholesterol, whether there was, you know, the bone density, my bones being thin and the osteopenia, all these things hitting me over and over. And I was wrestling with all of these things in the natural because of my upbringing and because of my life. 
I'm so used to becoming a fixer. And before you know it, you'll find yourself handling things in the natural because that's how you're accustomed to handling things. And so I found myself after about 45 days of wrestling and trying to fix things and trying to eat things the right way and trying to do the diets a certain way that I just gotten worn out. And these unclean things had sown one too many seeds in my life. And before you know it, it felt like I was losing control and I had spiraled. And nothing's worse than to feel you don't have control of your mind. Afraid to go asleep because afraid that you won't wake up. Afraid to think about the future because you don't think you're going to be here long. Literally, I didn't want anybody to quote me anything. I don't need you to tell me because you don't know what I'm going through. And the vulnerability is I sat there inside of the psychiatrist's office, humiliated and humbled and afraid and scared, but feeling like I need some help because I'm afraid. I went to the to the you know the my insurance office. I've taken out loan. I'm taking out policies because I don't know what's going on. I don't know the 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 enemy and the unclean things had run a number on me that I was I, I was under attack. And I didn't realize that I was afraid to use my mind. I was losing it and I was afraid to, to use it. And I sat there in that doctor's office. And even in this time, you know, I'm going I'm to give you one confession. To know the Greek, to know the Hebrew, to preach the gospel, all that is fine. To know the gospel is fine. But when I was experiencing these crises in this wilderness for 45 days, there was one discovery that I had. I did not have a bank of word waiting for me that I could go to specifically to speak to the fear, the anxiety, the pain, the hurt that I was experiencing. It was when I was in this in this in this wilderness that where the Bible is far from me, but I could not recall with accuracy any word. I'm not talking about. Oh, 23rd Psalm, I can I can tell you what that. No, I'm talking about with definite addresses to be able to recall the address of a specific scripture that speaks to me specifically where I am from. Like somebody asked me a few days ago, they said, what do what what scripture is there for depression? Specifically, the specific address. I didn't have that. And I had gotten away for so many years of preaching and teaching and knowing passages when it's necessary to know it because I know where an address is when it's necessary to preach it and to teach it and to share it. But if you will learn that if you don't continue to abide in it and allow it to abide in you, one day you will look up and you don't remember the lyric. I'm teaching and I'm preaching to you right now. And so I sat there in that doctor's office and here is a journal entry because it's important because we're dealing with Psalms 119. Do not leave today because I'm here to set someone free and I'm here to help someone today because you and I are going to translate literally Psalms 119 verses 10, 11, 13 and 15 because verse 9 asks a question. And verse 10, verse 11, verse 13 and verse 15 answers the question of verse 9. And when we have the literal translation of it, 
It's going to help you in your journey. You won't have to ask me a whole lot of more questions. But listen to my journal entry. July the 18th, I wrote this. It says, I sat in the psychiatrist's office today as they numbly, numbly with numbness passed me papers to sign, assuming that I would leave there with medication without even talking to me, without even being considerate of whatever I was going through. I sat in the psychiatrist's office in the midst of wayward spirits, demeaning me, these demeaning spirits, and I heard the Lord saying to me, Isaac, you have no business here unless you're here to speak against the spirits who are overcoming and tormenting the people of God who sit in the chairs. And then there I sat and I said, and I heard the Lord saying, every plan of the enemy shall come to a perpetual end. And so then I began to speak. I am going to speak against the double-minded spirit, that's James 1 and 8, in the name of Jesus. See, I wasn't able to recall that once a part of time with accuracy. And then I write, this life isn't defeat. There is so much more, even on the other side, meaning even if I don't make it beyond today, there's so much more on the other side. We think we believe in a whole lot of things until Death is at your doorstep and you have to start considering what heaven really looks like, what the afterlife really looks like. But, but come along with me. Look at what I write. I realize that the enemy has been attacking me. He has been attacking my eyes because he doesn't want me to see. A prophet has the ability to perceive and discern. He has been attacking my willpower to will the power God has given me. He has been attacking my mind that I would be afraid to use it that I would lose my mind and go insane. He had me afraid and paranoid, thinking I was going to die and my life was in vain. He has been attacking my bones and my muscles because he doesn't want me to tap into the strength that God has given me. But I have news for the enemy. Every wicked plan he has planned will be thwarted. God will rise and break the jaws of my enemy. I will turn to the Lord, therefore my face will not be ashamed, and I will be radiant with joy that God will keep every bone within my body protected, that God will shoot his arrows and cause the enemy to be confused. God will destroy my enemy. God will rise up and defend his glory, my God. Now get this. Everything you just heard at the latter part of that Journal entry was scripture. Psalms 34 and 5, those who look to the Lord are radiant and their faces will never be put to shame. Psalms 34 and 20, God will protect every bone. Not one of them in your body will be broken. Psalms 3 and 7, the Lord will deliver me and he will strike the enemies on the jaw and break the teeth of the wicked. Psalms 144 and 6 says the Lord, the Lord will hurl his lightning bolts and scatter the enemies. He will shoot his arrow and cause them to be confused. That was me learning how to begin to increase my word bank that I'm able to, to directly, 
know the address and specificity of the scripture so that it can speak to me where I am, not where you are. I need it to speak to me where I am. And it doesn't come easy. But if you look in your, your journal or your, your, your manual today, your devotional today, I'm giving you some tips on how you can find scripture, uh, but you're going to have to learn to sit with it. So read with me, keeping this in mind, knowing that at this time, I had to realize, I had to confess to myself that I had very little word in my bank that can speak to me where I am and forget the humility, forget the shame. I spoke against shame. You have to start somewhere. And so this is why I can speak to you with authenticity. And this is why you can be encouraged because I'm not here to make you feel like because you don't have a, a, a lot of word in your bank. Yeah, you know the word of God, but you don't know the word of God. You're not able to recall it with accuracy. You have the sword, but you can't wield it specifically. And that's why we need this text for today. Psalms 119 verse 9 through 16. New International Version. Let me release and help someone today. It says, verse 9, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Or how can people remain pure? And then it says, by living according to the word. Verse 10, I seek you with, my, with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 12, praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Verse 13, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Verse 14, I rejoice in following your statues as one rejoices in great riches. Verse 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I would not neglect your word. I have for you the New Revised Standard Version and the New Living Translation says, uh, how can a young person stay pure by obeying your word? I have tried to hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart. In verse 13, it says, I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. Now, let's look at this text and let me let, let's let's look at it together to see what the text is trying to help us. And yes, I appreciate the wilderness because it's this most recent wilderness experience that that very clearly helped to thrust me closer and into that apostolic calling. But the wilderness in your life is necessary. But Psalms 19 helps us. It helps us. I want to spend this morning just exegeting and breaking down these three verses. It'll help us in our, it'll help us, it'll help us. Verse nine asks the question, the King James Version says, wherewithal shall a young man or a woman cleanse his or her way? Verse nine says, how can young people keep their way pure? Now, when we look at verse 10, this is what you're gonna see. It says, I seek you with all my heart. In this text, the word seek means to frequent a place. And that place for us is the presence of God. 
When it says, I will seek you with my whole heart, it's saying, I will frequent a place. So this also means not just frequenting, not just frequenting a place, it also means to investigate and to study. So what the text is saying, I will frequent your presence and investigate and study who you are with my entire heart. Everybody with me? So the text, what the text is literally saying is that I will frequent your place. Now it asks the question, how can I remain pure? How can I do what you called me to do? How can I get to that next place? The answer is, number one, I will frequent your presence, investigate, and study who you are with my entire heart. Now, when we look at verse 11, now verse 10 gives us one answer. Verse 11 gives us another answer. It helps us. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, here's the thing. Let me ask this. This is the question I need to ask you before we interrogate the text. Which part of God's word do you currently have hidden in your heart? It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So my question is, which part of God's word do you currently have hidden in your heart? Now, now let me ask it a better way. What do you currently have hidden in your heart that is not God's word? That, that'll help you better to answer the question. I won't ask you which part of God's word do you have hidden in your heart. Better yet, I'm going to ask you, what do you currently have hidden in your heart that is not God's word? What do you currently have hidden in your heart, your mind, that is not God's word? What is currently taking up the space in your mind, in your heart, that is not the word of God? Psalms 19 and 12 says... Lord, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Psalms 19 and 12 says that. Why does it say that? Because you can't hide God's word in your heart if there is no room. What do you currently have hidden in your heart that is not the word of God? Because... You will not be able to hide God's word in your heart if there is no room. There is some things in your heart, perhaps in your mind, living rent free. And because of that, it's hard to keep God's word in your heart. Let's exegete this then. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word hidden literally means treasure. Someone on Facebook, right? Treasure. So the word literally means treasure, to treasure. It says, I have hidden. It means to treasure. I have treasured. And so when you treasure something, you protect it. Think about what you treasure the most. Your family, your children, your job, your house, your car, your beautiful car. You know, the things you treasure. How do you treasure it? When you treasure something, you protect it. When you treasure something, you invest in it. When you treasure something, you value it. So it's saying, I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. But when you look at the word heart, in the Hebrew, it's called lev, L-E-B. In the Hebrew, that word heart means lev. And when you look at the word heart in its original language, what it literally means is this. Don't miss this. 
What it literally means is your memory, your mind, your conscience, your seat or your source of appetites. I'm going to say that again. What the text says when it says heart, that word L-E-B in the Hebrew lab literally means your memory, your mind, your conscience, your seat and source of appetites. This text we're looking at is emphasizing the importance of your memory. When we look at this text beyond the surface, it is telling us to focus on memory. So what the text is literally reading right now is, I have treasured in my mind, I have treasured your word in my mind, my memory, and my conscience that I might not sin against you. I'm going to say it again. What the text is literally saying is that I have treasured your word in my mind, in my memory, and in my conscience that I might not sin against you. When it says heart, it's saying literally, I have treasured, I am treasuring. It asks the question in verse 9, and one of the answers is saying, I will treasure your word in my mind, in my memory, in my conscience. I will etch it in my conscience so that I won't sin against you. Verse 13, it says, with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Let me help you to understand what that is literally saying. We're in good timing. It says, with my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. To recount, safar, S-A-F-A-R, Hebrew, which literally means to recount exactly and with accuracy Allowed. Everybody with me? When you see the word, my lips will, I will recount. When you look at that word recount and you look up what that word literally means in its context, it literally means to recount exactly, not what I think, not paraphrase. It says to recount exactly with accuracy, with pinpoint accuracy Allowed, not quiet, but allowed, allowed. That's why when you read the New Living Translation, which is the thought for thought, it says, I recite aloud. But when you read maybe the word for word, you won't quite understand that. But what it's literally saying is, I will, I will recount exactly with exactness, with accuracy, aloud, your word. So the translation literally says this, my lips will recount exactly with accuracy, aloud, all the commandments that have come from your mouth. What do you mean, all the, all the commandments that come from your mouth? Your word, the word of God. The word of God is, is God's voice. It's God's word. So it's saying, with my lips, I will recount exactly and with accuracy your word. Right? And let's look. I mean, I'm going to bring this all together to culmination. The last verse, verse 15, this is what it says. I, I will meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. When you look at the word meditate, the word meditate literally means this. To talk, to sing, to speak about, to study, to ponder, 
or to muse where you get music to muse m-u-s-e the word muse means to become absorbed in thought especially to think about something carefully and thoroughly the word precept means commandments and in this text the word of God so what is this text saying I will talk about I will sing about I will speak about I will study I will ponder and I will become carefully absorbed in thought about your word and I will consider your ways what are you saying Isaac the question is asked how can someone discover their way how can I discover what you desire for me how can I how can I know you better Lord how can I abide in you Lord here's the answer the literal translation I'm giving to you the answer is this I will frequent your presence investigate and study who you are with my entire heart that's verse 10. In verse 11, I will treasure your word in my mind, my memory, and my conscience that I might not sin against you. In verse 13, my lips will recount aloud your word exactly and with accuracy. And in verse 15, I will talk about, I will sing, I will speak, I will study, I will ponder, and I will become carefully absorbed in thought about your word, and I will consider your ways. You ask me, and you ask, what should I do? That literally gives us all the steps you need for right now. So when I talk about the necessity of increasing your word bank, when it says, I, with my lips, I will recount aloud your word. You can't recall and recount aloud what isn't already on the inside. You cannot regurgitate what you have not ingested. You cannot regurgitate with accuracy something you have not studied, sat with, pondered, fell in love with, mused about. Paste it to your conscience. Spent time in the present. Each one of these verses gives us exactly what we need to do to increase our word bank. You cannot survive on this journey without having a word bank. You cannot, I'm going to say it like I said last night, like I said many weeks ago. You cannot fight a Category 3 storm with a Category 1 word level. What do I mean by that? The storms you're experiencing or the storms you're about to experience is going to require more of God's word. It's going to require you to discover what some psalms that you never thought you would ever discover, you never thought you had to study, but you cannot survive in this journey if you don't do what the text already says to do. Frequent your presence, investigate, and study who you are with my entire heart. 
for those who need to write that on, in the comments. I will treasure your word in my mind, my memory. My memory? Why does it tell us that I will treasure your word in my memory? Because there's going to become a situation, a life crisis, or someone you need to help. And you will not have time to go and find your Bible. You will not have Wi-Fi so you can pull up your app and pull up your word. You're going to have to recall with your memory. And when you're speaking to an unclean thing, you better make sure you come correct. When you're speaking to an unclean thing, you better make sure you come correct. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. With Genesis chapter 3. Make sure you text that to me, somebody. When you, when you speak to an unclean thing, make sure you come correct. Somebody text that to me. When it says, I will investigate and study who you are. I will treasure your word in my memory and in my conscience. When it says my conscience, what it's literally helping us to perceive is that your default button needs to be Scripture. Not your own advice, not what you think needs to happen, but in order for something to become your default, it requires a lot of practice. We all have default buttons, but how can you make your default the word of God? I'm not talking about being super spiritual and overly spiritual. Please, let's not make this more than what it is. What I'm saying is, just like with me, when you get news from a physician, when somebody says something... How can you train yourself so that your default button is not worry, but your default button is to say Matthew chapter 6 talks about worry, and I will not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow gets its, has its own concerns, right? How can you train yourself so that when your children do not respond the way you want them to respond, that you know, hold on, I will train up a child the way a child should go. And when they get older, they will not depart from it. It doesn't mean that they won't go to the side, but I will trust the Lord. But listen, I don't just want you to do this. And I'll, I'll bid you a good morning. I'm not saying quoting scripture because most of us can quote scripture. But if I ask you what's the address of that scripture, you won't be able to give it to me. So we we'll say, oh, the Bible says, oh, the scripture says, oh, Genesis says, oh, James says, no, your power comes from your connectedness or your ability to give the address to that to that scripture. It's the sword. You need to be able to grab the sword, not point to the sword. Get this. You have a sword, and when it's time to use it, it does no good to point to it. You need to grab it and pick it up. So when it's time to make reference to scripture... Don't point to where you think it is and where you know roundabout it is. You need to be able to go exactly to where that passage is with precision. That's what you need to be able to do. And that's how you learn to increase your word bank. So the question your devotional will ask you this morning is about your word bank. Right. And it will talk about how you can learn to increase it. How can you begin to investigate? How can you begin to discover the word of God, and there's different ways. And Google is not the first way. 
Sorry to, to step on many of your toes. I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. Now I'm just going to begin to ramble. So just let me release you all. Let me bless you all. May God bless you today. May God allow his word be very clear and practical and applicable for you. May you not feel pressure. May you not feel guilt. May you not feel shame. But may you be empowered to walk in the presence of God on today. May you have the power to speak to, expose the enemy, and bind the enemy to where the enemy belongs. May you walk fiercely. May you walk boldly. May you walk triumphantly into this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all be released. Y'all be released. Y'all be released. Y'all be released. Y'all gone about your business. All I'm going to do right now is release you all. I'm going to talk a little bit. Don't stay on the line. You got to go. Please go. I'm just going to talk to a couple of friends who usually linger. What I'm going to do for Facebook is I'm going to repeat the passages, uh, verse 10, so that somebody can type in verse 10. Somebody type in verse 11, 13, and 15. So somebody else can hear it and see it and, and be blessed by it. Um, share this. We need more than 12 shares. We need about 25, 30 shares. Let's get 35 shares. Even if you share it with more people, it doesn't matter. Let's get the word of God out there. We have Philippines in the house. We love you. We have England in the house. We love you. We have Kenya, my family in the house. We love you. We have Mississippi, Cincinnati, New York in the house. We love you. We have Arkansas in the house. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. You are our extended family. And I bless you. And I thank you. Um, verse 10. Everybody be released. Be released. Verse 10 says, I will frequent your presence, comma, investigate, comma, and study who you are with my entire heart. That's verse 10. Verse 10, I will frequent your presence, investigate, and study who you are with my entire heart. Verse 11, I will treasure your word in my mind, comma, my memory, comma, and my conscience, that I might not sin against you. That's verse 11. Verse 13. My lips will recount aloud your word exactly and with accuracy. My lips will recount aloud your word Oh, exactly and with accuracy. And verse 15. I will talk about. I will sing. I will speak. I will study. I will ponder. I will talk about. I will sing. I will speak. I will study. I will ponder. And become carefully absorbed not talking about overkill that's why it says carefully absorbed carefully absorbed 
not overkill. It's okay to rest. It's okay to not be on 10 every day of the week, 24 hours a day. Rest. He says, I will, I will become carefully absorbed in thought about your word. I will talk about, sing, speak, study, ponder, and become carefully absorbed in thought about your word. And I will consider your ways. For those who didn't fully hear the end part of the psychiatrist's office, no, I was released. And when I started to recall with accuracy God's word and use the sword and not refer and point to the sword, everything shifted in my life. And so I believe in medication. I believe in medicine. I believe it plays a role in the life of human society. It, it, it plays a role in the life of healing. But as for me in that season and in this moment, the Lord said that was not that was not my assignment. And it was an awakening moment. And it pushed me to begin to not just point to the word, but to use the word, to pick up the word and to use it skillfully. To study, to show yourself approved is what the text teaches us. And Timothy, I can't even recall that with accuracy. Isn't that ironic? Um, but when it says to study, to show yourself approved, somewhere in Second Timothy, um, that word, it literally puts us in the mind of a professional who takes his or her profession very seriously, a doctor, a surgeon, you know, so when it tells us to study to show ourselves approved and we have a, a, a sword in our hand, we have to take that seriously. We have to be able to wield that sword and use that sword with specificity. So, again, it's just me talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Um, is there any, I will frequent your presence, investigate and study who you are with my entire heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Shantae, Laura, Jazz, uh, everybody else who is still here. Valerie, bless you with the love of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2.15 is uh, studying to show yourself approved. Um, 2 Timothy 2.15, thank you, Tidwell, for that, uh, that assist. Um, so, the things that you're wrestling with, and I'll close with this, the word of God covers in some shape or form or fashion. The difficult task is, can you become so intimate with the word that you can discover where it is and not just find it so that you can speak it, but you have to know it and you have to believe it. And sometimes you have to speak it long enough until you believe it. And sometimes you need to believe it before you speak it. Everybody get that? Finding the word of God and just speaking it might not get the job done. You need to make sure you believe it before you go speaking it. But there's some times where you can speak it long enough until it becomes reality for you. It's both and. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Sometimes, sometimes scripture, you need to speak it. You may not fully believe it, Lord, um, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what the man said in Mark 9, Luke 9. 
when they could not cast out that spirit that kept returning. And so help me. Help me in my unbelief. I'm here. I'm in your presence. I'm going to keep pressing. Help me where my faith has a lid. So some passages you read and you recite aloud until you.